Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 16. Here's Pastor Ryan. God calls us to care for the physical needs of those who care for us spiritually. That is the law of the Lord. That is from God's hand. Whoever cares for you spiritually, it's your duty to care for them materially. Um, and that's, again, across the board. God sees it that way. Paul writes about this issue, about him traveling to Jerusalem to take the funds there. In Romans 15, 25, 15 verses 25 through 27, this is what he says, But now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in the material things. Paul the Apostle said that the churches in Macedonia and Achaia, when they heard about the trouble, the troubled church in Jerusalem, they were happy to put money together to send to them. And Paul the Apostle says it's because they're debtors to them. They owe them anyways. Why would they owe the church in Jerusalem? Because that's where our faith started from. Your king and my king, Jesus Christ, was crucified on Golgotha in the city called Jerusalem. The church was started there, right? And so it started there and it spread. And everybody else got blessed because it started there and then it went out into the Gentile world. And so the Gentile world, Paul looked at, at it as their indebtors to the first Christians who got the message to you. And, uh, and how important is that message to you and I today? See, the gospel reached you and I as well. How much is that worth? You see, it should be the love of Christ that compels us to give. He has done so much for us. The gospel message that saves us from hell and puts us into heaven got to you and got to me. And we too are debtors. And as he says to the, the Roman church that they were happy to give because they're debtors, because they received this spiritual blessing from Jerusalem, it's only their duty to now take care of their material things or to minister their material things. And so... It is God's heart that whatever church you call home, if you get fed, this is your home, and you're getting taken care of spiritually, God would say, now take care of the church's physical needs. Take care of your ministers that care for you. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, Paul tells Timothy, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. In God's estimation, elders, ministers, especially those who labor in the word, he says 
that they are worthy of double honor. Double honor. Isn't that an interesting language that God would say? God loves us all equally, but in His view, the position of teaching is so serious to God. He says, let not many of you become teachers because there is a stricter judgment. I believe as Christians, everyone in this room has a target on their back from the devil. But I say this humbly, it's bigger on my back because I'm up here. God says the ministers are to be worthy of double honor, those who rule well, those who teach the word of God. If you're fed, if this is your home, God says it's your duty. He would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, through 8, 11, he says, whoever goes, to, whoever goes to war at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit, or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock, do I say these things as a mere man, or does not the law say the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about, or does he say it all together for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, it is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be partner of his hope. Uh, if we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap material things? Paul said it there. He took care of so many people's spiritual needs. He's saying, is it a big thing that I receive from you material things? And so God desires that he who plows should plow in hope. God desires that he who works a job should work it in hope. Think about that job you got, your favorite job. That one, you when you, you prepared for the interview, you got all dolled up, put your best face on, and you went, and you, oh, Lord, please, oh, please, please bless me with this job. And you know that job. And then you got it. And that first week, you're at work, and you hit up the coworker. When's payday? <laughs> and that whole month, you're working in hope. You just can't wait to payday. That's how it should feel ministering. We labor in the word. It's a labor. Let me tell you, it's not. Maybe busting up rocks seems harder, but I've learned that this is pretty hard too. And God wants his ministers to be able to take care of their families, labor and hope, not worry about the small things like money. The small thing, we got bigger fish to fry. You don't want ministers worrying about the budget of the church. It should be steady. Yeah, I really don't know anybody who's worked for free. Anybody? Would you do that? I'm calling my union rep. Where's my paycheck? So. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside. What day of the week? And what day is that? And whose day is that? The Lord's day. And why? Because Jesus rose on the third day, on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. So God even gives practical application. Like this is, 
You have to lay something aside, is what Paul says. Because if you don't lay it aside, you won't lay it aside. You'll spend it, right? Oops, did I forget about tithe? I tease, but uh, I know I'm, I'm guilty of it. You know, the early days, forgetting. I told first service that it, uh, when I first tithed, back when I first got saved, it was not, I remember the first $40 I put in and I, I did not give it as a cheerful giver, not at all. <laughs> it, it taught me how to pray. I'm broke, God, don't you care? but it got easier it got easier but we're told to put it aside here lay it aside you know it's like even even when I do my budget now I don't I don't put tithing like third on the list or fifth it's first the light bill is irrelevant to tithe Number one is tithe and mortgage and everything else comes under my, my budget. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 through 12, God says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Think about that. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. He says to test me in this, that I will not blow your mind. If you would honor me with the tithes and the offerings, and some would say, well, we're not under the law. We're not the Israelites. Yeah, we're under a lot. We're under a, a, a larger weight, which is the grace of the cross that saved us from the pit of hell. How much more? Us. That's just a good reference point. But I believe that if we honor God with the first uh, with our tithes, with the first of our increase, monthly, weekly, whenever God gives to us, if we honor him, he says to try me, to test me in this, see if I do not open up the windows of heaven and bless you with such a blessing that you cannot even, it'll blow your mind, you can't even contain it. So here I am, kid from El Monte, got my diploma from a continuation school a summer after the rest of the kids. Maybe close to two years of a general ed uh, community college credits or units or whatever they call them. That's it. He got me in the door at Caltrans into one door, then another door, then another door. Just I didn't know what I was doing. I, I didn't have the skills. God gave me the skills as I as he moved me up. But he moved me up. And I truly believe because he taught me to give. And I gave, not because he needs money. You think God needs money. God does not need money. He doesn't need rich. What he needs is our heart. And money, people trip on money. You know, I know some of you in here may be thinking, man, I knew I should have stayed home. 
But no, God, God wants, you got to hear this, serious. I am the most blessed man I know. And we don't believe in prosperity teaching. I got mansions and a private jet. Nah, ministers should be modest, period. That's how we roll, modest. And at Calvary Chapel, we don't beg for money. We, we, as if. It's when we go through the word and we hit it, we hit it. We hit it, we hit it. The tithes and the offerings of our church, guys, God is blessed. Like every year, the next year, more funds than the previous. The last 10 years. I have not been like, oh man, shucks, last year was better. Must be a recession. I'm not that guy. And maybe you're that guy. I don't give because there's a recession. There's no recession with God. And there's no inflation with God. He doesn't say because there's a Democrat in the White House who's <laughs> don't tithe for those four years that he stole. It, it, it is what it is. It's irrelevant. Our citizenship is in heaven. God doesn't say if the weather's fair. If we got to go back to beans and rice to honor God, it's better to go back to beans and rice. But we've been blessed, so we're not, we're not tripping. But if this is your home church, I'm telling you, he will bless your socks off. Um, Jesus said this in Luke 6.38, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. That's a promise from the Lord himself. He says, give and it will be given to you. The measure you use will be measured back. Paul the Apostle said, he who gives sparingly will receive sparingly. And trust me, God watches how people give. I don't. I'm not God. I'm your brother. But he called me to be an under-shepherd. I'm a sheepdog. But I'll tell you what the word says. The word says Jesus was kicking back at the temple uh, watching people give. Just watching them. And he saw that poor widow. And if it wasn't for the poor widow, man, would we have good excuses, right? She just kills everyone's excuse. But I can't. I'm broke. And he saw the poor widow, two mites. But she gave more than everybody because she gave sacrificially. She gave all of her livelihood to honor God. The rest gave out of their abundance. I do believe if God's blessed you and prospered you more than others that we should give more. I do believe. Um, but yeah, she basically kills the excuse of I can't. Let God be true and every man a what? We were in Titus and uh, up on the mountain. And it says this concerning a bishop in Titus 1.7. It says, For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, uh, not a striker, not given to filthy lucre. Your Bibles would probably say not greedy for gain. Filthy lucre? Who says that in 2023? <laughs> Filthy lucre. 
Lucre means gain. Filthy means filthy. So filthy gain. When it comes to money, God doesn't want us to be greedy. God doesn't want us to try to prosper ourselves in unduly ways. The word unduly means to uh, do something that is not prescribed by God to do. Unduly gain, I believe, is also filthy gain. This idea that as a Christian, I believe in order for me to be to prosper, I can't tithe. Because if I tithe, I won't have as much money as if I didn't tithe. You start thinking and leaning on your own understanding. Like, you're, you're thinking of caring for yourself in an unduly way, in a, in a way that God has not prescribed. Because God says that if you obey him, you'll be blessed. And you start believing and deceiving, not you, but us or whoever, sorry, we can be like deceive ourselves it's like no he understands me I'm a special case just give it to him you don't want to prosper yourself in an unduly way there's only one way to be prospered and that is through Christ and being obedient to him obey him because it is filthy lucre you're trying to to prosper yourself in a way that's not prescribed by God. God says, if you want to prosper, give to him. Take care of his house. It's not time for us to have paneled roofs and houses and God's house to be in shambles. So pray about that, my brothers. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, it says this, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, how have I robbed thee? And God says, in tithes and offerings, you are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me even this whole nation. And then he goes on to explain to them, bring in all the tithes and the offerings and you're going to be blessed. I'll open up the windows of heaven. But he calls it robbery, guys. I know that's, hard, that's a hard pill to swallow. I know. And I think that Malachi was really probably the verse that did it for me. You know, bummed me out one Sunday service or whenever I heard it for the first time. And it stuck. Bummed me out. Conviction is what it's called of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm stealing from the Lord who I just gave. I love him and he's telling me I'm stealing from him. You see, when it comes to giving, until we understand that every single penny we have, God gave it to us. And when you come to faith in Christ, you realize that, oh, snap. Like everything? Yes. All of it. Clothes, food, houses, inheritance. You name it, all of it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 Paul says, for who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Until we realize, guys, 
that all of the money that we have belongs to God, we will never have the right perspective in giving. Never. He's giving you every dollar, every dollar. So it's basically him saying, look, you know, all that money that I've given you, the job, the everything, I opened the doors, the energy you had to wake up to go to work, the brain that, you know, puts everything together, the talent, the, the, the strength, all of that that you have to do what you do, and you've done all that, I, now that you know that that was all God, that was all me, God would say, he's just saying, yeah, like for every 10 bucks, can I have one? for my house so that we have the lights on. And to think so many people say no. And if you really think about it, <clears throat> what if someone gave you $3 trillion? I don't even know how to write that number. But let's say someone gave you $3 trillion and said, look, all I need is 10% to just, just buy my abuelita house. You would give it to them because you're blown away that you received three million three trillion dollars. You would sure. How much is our soul worth? A lot more than three trillion dollars. So the Bible says he doesn't want us to be greedy. And we point our fingers, right? Oh, corporates. You know. All of these corrupt corporations are robbing every billionaires and you know. There's scandalousness at way lower levels, too. People will kill each other for a Snickers bar. So God doesn't want us to be greedy. And he doesn't want us to feel like we're doing him a favor. I certainly don't want you to feel, I certainly don't want to feel the same way either. You don't do me a favor. That's between you and the Lord. I don't know who gives in the church except for Clarissa. She needs to step it up. <laughs> And I know what I give. I give. I'm not telling you to do something that I don't do. But if you don't give to the Lord, you have to call it what it is before you can grow. It's a faith issue. God tells you he'll open up the heavens and bless you. Jesus tells you that he'll give it back to you. You just don't believe him. And that's the issue of, of giving. He doesn't need the money. Our church doesn't need the money. We're good. He's always taking care of us. Amen? Amen. You happy? <laughs> and when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. But if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. And so Paul the Apostle will go and deliver this. And we're going to read more about it next week. But may God richly bless you. And may you keep our church in prayer. If there was one thing that I would share with you guys is this. Pray for consistency. You know what I mean? It's going upwards, but it's kind of like this. I like more like this. Just like you would. You know, so pray for consistency. We're doing good. We're blessed. Amen. Father, we thank you for your mercy, your love and grace. We ask that you would help us to be the people that you want us to be, Lord. You have blessed us with so much. You, you, you say that when we ought to pray to you, we should say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then you say,
that we should say, give us this day our daily bread. And so, Father, I pray for your church, Sweet Hills, to be all that you want it to be. Lord, we do pray for consistency. Touch the hearts of your people. Help us all to recognize that in doing so and obeying you, that is where prosperity lies. Jesus, you said, if we love you, we are to keep your commands. So, Lord, we pray for Sweet Hills to continue to be a light, a city on a hill. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.